Get Radio is sponsored, oh, for real this time, by Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at audibletrial.com slash Radio. I love audiobooks. I love audio. I love love. It's the only thing I'm after, really, and that which seems so hard to find. Oh, well, we all die alone. Escape the moment with a great audiobook from audible.com today. Previously on Dale Radio. But now being a, uh, you're married, right? In a sense. In a I sense. Mean, I'm not trying to mess up his credit, but he, I, I have a partner. Okay, being in a committed uh, relationship totally as, committed. as a gay Iranian-American from Boston. Yes. You probably have a good bed bug story. Uh, well, no, but it's really interesting, and I love, by the way, just coming onto a stage just as invested and it not being about me for once is unbelievable because I have had so many STDs, more than you've had hot dinners. What I care about, what I care about... That's a lot, that's a lot though. It is a lot. That's it's a lot, lot of... I've, uh, I was worried about Brooke, but maybe I should be worried no, about no, you. No, 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 no. My, my clap is heard around the world. I, um, I love an STD. Oh my goodness, hello, it's me, Dale, and this is my life as it happens in a single story told week after week after week. It's a lot of weeks. And you, you lucky son of a gun, you're listening to another episode of Dale Radio, coming to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And our little Gowani has been coated uh, with a fine layer of pollen mist, turning her turgid surface a hazy chartreuse, making for a lovely backdrop for engagement photos and flings with married women alone on Mother's Day. Spring is the loveliest time, isn't it? Good time to get out. I just read today... Over my usual breakfast of dry wheat toast, black coffee, and half a corn on the cob, that we are in the middle of what they're calling a pollen tsunami, and that's that's how we're probably going to go. That that's the end for us. Just slowly surrounded by a soft cloud of tree sex, just walk outside and swoosh, like walking into a pillow that we can't escape. And then what? Well, I'll tell you what. Rats will develop the ability to speak. You think monkeys are going to rule like in the movies? No. There's too many rats. I had the bed bug lady on the show last episode. In her book, she talks about how their quick breeding rate leads to evolution. And that's how they became, uh, you know, immune to DDT. It's why we can't get rid of the darned things. Well, that's what's going to happen with the rats, not monkeys. They don't breed enough. There'll be a robot president before we see monkey scientists looping around. Rats are where it's at. If you have uncovered this podcast and the human population now lies buried in a great pollen mound under the sea and you're listening there in your little nest of, of torn bits of things and scavenged items, uh, you're probably a rat. And I want to thank you for tuning in and I hope audible.com is still a thing and that your rat language is suitably close to English that you may enjoy some of the more subtle flights of fancy that I enjoy conveying in this format. Hashtag rat future. But though it may yet claim my life, currently the pollen is just making it impossible to get a good night's sleep. My sinuses, my head, all so full. And it's warm, so you want to open the windows. But that just lets in all of nature's poison. 
I sneezed the other day while taking a leak. You ever do that? It's not fun. Not fun during, not fun after. And I think I pulled something. Well, I took some of that Zyrtec allergy medicine, and uh, I loaded up my YouTube playlist of TV commercials for Sandals Resorts, and I'm trying to relax. I told you I get panic attacks, at the, uh, and the only thing that really calms me down is the soundtrack to the documentary When We Were Kings and Sandals adverts. I used to go to couples therapy with Ginny, and we always had to imagine our happy place, some venue that would rest our anger minds and put us emotionally in a place where we could once again be more open with each other. And for me, that happy place was always sitting in my special chair with my elastic waistband trousers, watching good-looking single people enjoy each other's company while drinking wine on the end of a dock lit by tiki torches. They're so happy to be unmarried. Anyhow, this Zyrtec stuff, which does sound like a villain from Flash Gordon. You have landed in the domain of King Zyrtec of Fire Mountain. Stop looking at my beautiful but green-skinned, scantily-clad daughter, Earthman, to the fire pits. <laughs> of course he gets away. The daughter helps him. <laughs> Slips a dagger into his boot so he can free himself. <laughs> my point being... I had an allergic reaction to this allergy medicine. Now, what kind of Catch-22 is it? And also, every time I hear Catch-22, I think that, what is Art Garfunkel doing in that movie? I mean, really, that guy. I bet neither Simon nor Art are great joys to be around all the time, but he's the guy you just stopped inviting to dinner. It's not worth it. Sound of silence, fella. You're hearing it because you probably should have been a little nicer to Paul or your fans or everyone. I, history is written by the winners, man. Rats probably love Art Garfunkel. That's how culture works, isn't it? Pick the most uncool thing, and then it's suddenly all the rage. Those freezy, freaky gloves, Brussels sprouts, religious extremism. So I'm in a bind now. The pharmaceuticals don't work, and I still can't breathe. So I turn where I should have in the first place to beat back a plant-based plague to the plant world. I got on the library computer and I signed into the public internet for 20 minutes and Googled around natural remedies to allergies. First thing up is what I went out and I got. Butterbur. Butterbur. Not the thing they drink in the Harry Potter uh, franchise. <laughs> I wish that's what it was. Oh, teen wizards love butterscotch seltzer. Incidentally, I'd find out what kind of thread they made that invisibility cloak out on that on those uh, in that place, Hogwarts. I'd find out what, what's the what's the thread here, and then I have all my socks made out of that. Just really knock people out on the subway with where are your what kind of oh I see invisibility socks. Nice. Want to come hang with us? We're going to go to an underground music festival in South Slope. <laughs> I say I'm in. <laughs> We'd be fast friends for the night. Thick as thieves. It'd be a legendary evening, like visiting that cool town that Bud Light built in Colorado that nobody goes to in the local community despises. Butterbur, it's a plant that grows in Europe and North Asia, wherever that is, and I guess for years they've ground up this stuff to treat all kinds of things. It's supposed to be good for migraines, fever, lung disease, and sneezing while urinating. Well, I took it. Today, in fact, and I do feel uh, better so far. <laughs> to duck out of my lunch break and hit the vitamin shop. Pfft. Two P's in that store's name. Ye old vitamin shop. 
Of course, you'd expect the folks at Vitamin Shop to be dressed in the traditional garb of medieval days with a clerk in her smock and bonnet and a gentleman in his velvet tunic with a floppy hat jauntily sitting above his unwashed face. But since the Vitamin Shop was founded in New Jersey by one Jeffrey Horowitz in 1977, that's how ye old it is. Like I said, history is written by the winners. But if you're not going to go for the whole Renfair peasant vibe, then why not take us back to Parsippany in the summer of 77 with some sweet cut-off jeans and polyester bell-bottoms and wide-collared shirts? You know how groovy supplements would seem then? <laughs> I'm sad to say that this particular Manhattan location, uh, there the staff wears comfortable black slacks with black T-shirts and a tiny logo, logo over their breast. And when I walked in, they were all watching a video on someone's phone. Before one of them looked over and noticed I was there and uh, asked uh, oh, what, what it was that I was looking for. And then he had to get one of those wheelie ladders like they have at the old libraries, I get. You, you've seen those. Uh, maybe they had one in New Jersey. Uh, to reach the upper shelves where the stuff nobody ever buys is kept. And he handed me a dusty bottle of Butterbur. It had a beautiful rainbow on the packaging, so you know it's good. Anyway, I believe it will work. That's what really matters with this kind of thing. End of the day, it's mostly placebo effect with these supplements. It's a supplement to your own belief that taking a pill will actually matter. <laughs> Chase it down with a tankeray Negroni, and you're all set. By the way, that's what I'm pairing the podcast today with, a Negroni. Negroni is a fine drink, not a great name. Feels wrong, the name. I'm... Just not always comfortable with it. Solid drink. Solid summertime. Getting warmer out kind of a drink. And people have been out more with the warm weather. You're reminded people have arms. And everyone looked attractive this week. Everyone. I couldn't believe what I was seeing on Monday and Tuesday when it was so warm. Just beautiful people everywhere. Was this New York or the primetime lineup on the CW? <laughs> Gorgeous. Though when you're out there amongst them, sometimes your interaction, interactions are not all that great. I've not had this happen in a while, but I got on the F train, the mighty F, bringing sadness and joy in equal measure, and I got on at my usual stop. I caught the same one I always do, the one at 10.45 a.m., right after the trash train that idles in the station as four people in brightly colored vests haul commuter garbage away in huge metal bins that rattle and leak and emit a rancid plume that speeds down the length of the platform carried by the cool breeze of a train emerging from the tunnel heading in the opposite direction. Especially nice on a hot day. But I got on there uh, where I always do and when I always do, and the train was empty. There, now, I, there are people in the seats, but where I stand, and I've explained at length why I stand, is, is I stand there at the doorway. They're careful not to lean on the doors and cautious not to brush into the person's elbow that may or not be protruding through the metal bars at the end of the seat and in, in what is a standing zone, really, at, at each doorway. And all the way down the train, each one of these sections, empty. Lots and lots of space is what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. You literally stand anywhere and not bother another person. That's one of my uh, ideal trips as far as I'm concerned. So this gal gets on. She walks right towards my position, and she grabs the same bar I'm holding onto, real near my hand, too. I can feel the warmth. Then she pivots so slightly that she is directly in front of me, with her back almost touching my front and an arm outstretched straight like the gate of a parking garage. My first thought is, well, this lady is into me. 
<laughs> I've not been with an Asian woman in some time. And truthfully, I'm not sure I'm into dating that much older than me. And whatever was in her plastic bag smelled absolutely awful. But if this is how she wants to do it, well, it's nice to be noticed is what I'm saying. Long story short, we had so much fun at a karaoke joint she knew about in Sunset Park, and we both don't like watching people eat with their hands. So is it love? Probably not. She's leaving to run an elephant orphanage in Kenya, and her taste in movies is abysmal. She had a shallow howl poster above her dresser. But we had fun, and all because she saw something she wanted and made a very aggressive move on public transportation. Now, it's not for everyone. I don't recommend that. And I was frightened almost every moment we were together. But sometimes you have to stand clear of the closing doors and head toward an open one. And I have to share this story because I bet uh, one of you has had this happen to you. Uh, I went out to get this vitamin thing today, so I took the elevator. Should I take the stairs more regularly? Yes. But we invented something better than stairs, so I have to honor that leap of human innovation. Especially on my lunch hour. So I get in, and then it stops down on five. And this older guy that I sometimes see uh, smoking outside gets in, resembles kind of a walrus uh, type of fella, Wilfred Brimley in his later years. And uh, immediately now I'm playing it cool, looking at my phone, just at the home screen, having a moment of deciding what I want to touch again, having only seconds ago decided not to look at anything and turned it off, when the car immediately fills with the stench of searing flatulence. The gas of an old man has a certain quality to it, doesn't it? A tea steeped in a decrepit vessel. The host's fragile existence could end at any time. The curtain could fall in a moment. So every one that escapes has the urgency of a fading star delivering one last showstopper, belting it out to the back of the house as the footlights dim. Sing out, Louise! Well, this one brought the house to its knees, the house being me and the knees being my knees, because I almost dropped down to the ground right there. I've been around this sort of thing before. I have a regular group of guys, and we all go to grill out down at the pier, or we play Stratego and drink uh, imported beers, <laughs> and things get a little dirty, <laughs> the way it always does when men gather. Imagine how that movie Wild Hog smelled. That's what I'm talking about. So it was at once no big deal and the end of my life in this elevator ride. But the thing that made it absolutely the worst, and I should explain, the offices of Come Flyer With Me are located in a historic building on Broadway in Manhattan. And we share the building with many other entertainment and film and fashion entities. In fact, on the 12th and 13th floor is a very high-end cosmetics company. And they hire mostly ladies to work there, most of them young, most of them, all of them attractive, good-looking people. I've only ever talked to one of them, Denise, who between 12.45 and 1.15 takes a short break to walk around the building eating a Luna bar while wearing stretch pants with floral designs on them and a sweater that seems too short. So guess who is just back from lunch and boarding the elevator car that Stinker McStinker Pants just exploded into? A gaggle of these just-past cosmetic teens glowing with radiant foundation and microbead eyelashes, carrying recyclable water canteens and clutching sacks full of Chipotle tacos. And I'm the last guy off the car, eyes watering, choking. They obviously think the smell is me. They think the smell is me. There was an audible, oh, my gosh, disgusting. And then the door shut, and I was there stammering, trying to think of an explanation and point out that it wasn't, in fact, me, while the culprit slithered outside to have a smoke, and then he vanished in a toxic cloud of his own making. Was he ever there? Was I? I think the butterbur is working. <laughs> 
Well, New York is a wonderful town full of wonderful people. Do I talk too much about smells? I have a very active nasal passageway. How about incompetence? I'd like to now begin funeral services for the Staples organization. They are not going to make it if things continue. Remember how you could go into a radio shack and be like, why is this still here? This can't possibly last. I have every remote control car I would ever need and have no idea what those cables are for. Why would I want to knock off of a knockoff iPhone? How come no one here knows anything about electronics? Well, that's what they used to be great at. You want to find a guy who had a basement full of old stereos? That guy worked at Radio Shack. You want to find a guy who described his music as atonal ska? That guy worked at Radio Shack. This was a subculture, thriving of informed citizens. They may not have had any relevant knowledge, but it was somehow comforting knowing they were there. This cabal of unclean men wise in the ways of gadgets. And then something happened. These geeks were chased out. The products became redundant and we went wireless. Goodbye, Radio Shack. Well, Staples has a similar problem. And today I wish to speak only about the the print-on-demand service. In their attempt to be all things to all people, I mean, you can buy furniture, computers, sort of, and post-its and coffee filters and giant canisters of cheese doodles. It's too much. Good luck finding Staples, BTW. So I needed to get a poster printed. Simple. Just, uh, Just one. I bring the already formatted uh, file on a flash drive to the to the printing kiosk there behind the main desk, and I figure they should be able to knock it out. You know who can do it? FedEx. And they're supposed to be shippers. They bought out Kinko's, and they retain that special customer service flair that was the hallmark of early Kinko's. Another hallmark of early Kinko's was that during the late night shift, you were pretty sure someone was going to take your life. <laughs> what a crew that was. I enjoyed living on the edge. Anyway, so I take this thing to Staples, because why not? It's right next to the theater where I'm going to perform, where I need to drop off the poster. Easy. That's their thing. Big easy button. They have a whole campaign about this button. Well, I didn't get an easy button. I got a sweaty guy, and he resembled Shemp from the Three Stooges. First thing he says to me, when do you want it? Well, how are you? Nice to be here giving you business. (laughs) I'd like it now. When do people want things? Earliest I can do is in an hour. An hour? To print an 11 by 17 piece of paper at a printing place? No, sir. No. So I looked up FedEx. I walked two blocks. The gal behind the counter said, what do, you, what do you got? I told her one thing, and she printed it right there. It took no time. So a hearty congratulations to the folks at FedEx with a long uh, future ahead of it. Uh, they've never let me down. There's a group at Astor Place who are exceptional, truly fine people who always lend a hand. They're solutions-oriented, as we say in the podcast business. And the staple, Staples, I mean, no, the, the, you can see failure sometimes. Radio Shack had it. Best Buy has it. I've no idea why Kmart is still around. Sears, you're hanging on by a thread. A single, outdated, poorly made thread. I want America to win, folks. Don't get me wrong. But some of these places had better get in gear before it's too late. I tell you, I love Kmart as a kid. I love the thrill of thinking that any moment a blue light special could break out. And maybe, just maybe, it would be in the toy section. I should probably explain that many years ago, because uh, I know there's lots of young people that listen to this program, one of the gimmicks of this place was they'd have a little portable stand with a flashing blue light bulb. And throughout the day, I guess it was, they would light the thing up and announce a blue light special was being held in whatever department. And everyone would run over there and try and get the bargain. It was tremendously thrilling. And I'd spend a lot of time there because my mother was a big layaway fan. She didn't so much save money as she did spend it over the course of several months. 
everything, sweaters, sheet sets, you name it. We'd pick something out, and then it would sit behind the counter there until we paid it off. It was just endlessly frustrating as a kid to have a toy put on layaway. And the lines, all people, I'm telling you, the lines. It's why I'm a patient person today. I spent so much time in line at layaway counters and store credit departments. (laughs) They really make the poor jump through some hoops in this country. It was probably like a $10 turtleneck, and it would take six months to get. The people with goods on the Wells Fargo wagon had shorter wait times. I did love it there, though. The one place that one of the branches, what are they called, store locations, had uh, not quite a food court, uh, but a little island next to the jewelry, which has got to be the least visited section of any Kmart. Who buys jewelry there? It dissolves in water. But this little food oasis had two things I craved. Popcorn, made fresh, and frozen ices. Those Slurpee-like drinks that served up by that cool-looking polar bear. He should have been a bigger star. I feel like Coke kind of co-opted that guy with their gross computer-animated polar bears. Because Icy was the real deal. He always had great sweaters and shades. I mean, if you had asked me, who do I most want to be when I grow up, it would have been a tie between Gary Owens, the announcer from Laughing, and Icy the polar bear. Kmart, pull yourself together. Young podcasters need their heroes. Well, folks... Listen, this is going to be a short episode because it's just me, and uh, that's how it goes sometimes. Sometimes you have to be content to be with yourself. In this case, be by yourself with me. And uh, uh, some of this, it's just that's that's the way it goes. You know, you want to get some people on, and then you got to find out how you can get to their house, and then eh, it doesn't work. Anyhow, uh, uh, we're, we're all just in a, in a great, uh, we're like that the, the big snowball rolling down the hill, headed towards the end of the season, too. And uh, see, I got a little sniffle. It's, a, it's from this pollen. I'm t- I feel it right now, even as I'm talking to you uh, from, my, from my spacious recording studio. Uh, I, I feel it just eating at me. I apologize. But uh, we have a big show coming up to wind up the season. It's going to be a live one. And uh, 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 do I know what's going to happen after that? That's a question. That is a valid question. And no, no, I don't. I don't I don't know. I do know that we've had a stellar run this year. And we're going out with a bang. With an all-star lineup, we've got Aparna Nanchurla, Emma Wilman. That's two of Timeout's Funniest Women right there. For those counting along at home, that'll bring our total to six out of the ten listed top ten funniest Oh, women. Uh, and many others. That list is me. Yeah, that's incomplete, of course, because there's there's many other wonderful women. And most of them have been on the show. Uh, show uh, that along with Josh Sharp. Another great, another great rising up. And uh, Charla Larston. I have trouble saying her name. I won't lie to you. She's my rural juror. Charla Larston. Probably. Probably it's a softer. Well, we'll find out when I embarrass myself in front of her. And Steve-O will be there, and we'll do a little giveaway, and we'll have some fun. And that's Tuesday, May 26th at the Pit Underground at 8 p.m. Leading up to that, I'm going to be doing a guest spot on Running Late with Scotty Rose, Scott Rogowski on May 21st. And then on May 23rd, it's down to Maniac, Pennsylvania. Oh, oh boy, you talk about your bucket list. For a show with a, just a bunch of talented comedians headed up by Michael Cornaccia all the way in from the West Coast, I'm hoping to just quietly eat a six-foot hoagie in the corner and drink some black cherry wishnik, <laughs> just like I used to do when I was on the track team. Oh, memories. Well, that's it for me. Till next time, I'll be leaving notes for the rat citizens of tomorrow on the insides of cough drop wrappers and stuffing them inside my empty whiskey bottles. Now let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. 
Dale Radio is produced and performed by James Bewley. Musical director Steve O'Reilly. Season 7 theme song composed and arranged by Emily Danger. Season 7 podcast icon designed by illustrator Louis Chin. Posters for live shows this season by James Boyle, Annie Carbo, Claire Prouch, and others. Live shows of Dale Radio are held every month at the Pit in New York City. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and or SoundCloud. For all the latest, visit DaleRadio.com. Thanks for listening. You're the best.